0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Unpacking Perspectives. I'm Nicole Davison, your host, and I am so excited about today's episode. Our guest today, her name is Ashley Dunwald. She's actually a certified life coach, and I discovered her listening to a podcast. And uh, as soon as I heard her, I fell in love with her energy. I fell in love with her messages, and I I honestly sought her out. I, I found her on Instagram and... Even after listening to the episode on this podcast, it was actually through Blue Wives Tribe, um, and obviously all of you should know by this point that I am a law enforcement wife. I just, I had to meet her and we connected online, we connected through Zoom, and the rest is history. So I want to just tell you a little bit about Ashley before she introduces herself. She is, as I mentioned before, a certified life coach. She specializes in coaching moms. And she's also a police wife and a mom to a son with a severe food allergy that she she actually used coaching to overcome her own daily anxiety, repetitive thoughts and self-judgment, which gosh, I can totally relate to a lot of that. Uh, her mission is to help overwhelmed and unfulfilled moms deeply connect to their spouses and kids while living with passion and purpose. I love this. And Ashley, welcome to Unpacking Perspectives.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Nicole. You are such a wonderful person. It has been so fun getting to know you and I'm so excited for
0: today. Oh my gosh, I'm excited. Can you tell the listeners where are you? Because this is what I love about Zoom.
1: Oh my gosh, I'm in Minnesota. I don't know the temperature right now. Yesterday was negative something. Uh, today might be about 14 degrees. So we are freezing. I try to have a good attitude about winter, but that's probably a big struggle <laughs> of mine.
0: I love it. And, you know, it's funny. We live in Connecticut, so I, it's, it's not Minnesota, but we are actually on the cusp of a nor'easter this weekend. Oh. Um, we're, we're supposed to be getting, well, you know, they they say, oh, you could get zero inches to 200 inches. I mean, we don't know. Yes. Nobody knows. But my sister lives in Florida and she is so funny. She'll like text me, are you getting a big storm? I'm like, yeah, enjoy right? Florida. So anyway, yes. <laughs> uh, well, I am absolutely in love with your career, just from where you started to where you are now. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your career trajectory and, you know, maybe even start from the beginning from, you know, where you were then to where you are now. Yeah. So I think
1: as a child, I always wanted to work with animals. I was always like running around bringing home frogs in a bucket or whatever I could find. (laughs) And I wanted to be a veterinarian. I also knew that I really wanted to be a mom. So that's kind of like my childhood dream. Um, Then I went to college for sociology, which I adored. I love learning about people. I love just learning and getting new knowledge. And I didn't find a job right away. It was very hard for me to find a job in sociology. I didn't really understand next steps coming out of college. So I actually worked retail at a clothing store for about a year and a half. Then I went to actually bank telling. I had a friend who worked at a bank and that job looked amazing on paper and was probably the worst fit of any job I could choose. People get very triggered with their money and... I don't have math skills. So those two, that combo of things did not work for me. So that's the only job that I left because I hated it so much. During that time that two years total, I was out of college. I was going through that quarter life crisis thing. That is very common, just trying to figure out what to do. What am I going to do? What's my purpose? I was so stuck in that place. I then decided, why don't I go back and be a veterinarian? And actually to apply to veterinary medicine, you need 600 hours of animal care experience. So my solution to that was let's go do some internships. They have paid internships. I found one at a tiger sanctuary and one at a zoo, and they were both in Texas. They were so much fun. So I did um, four months at the tiger sanctuary, working with all these big cats, and it was crazy and wild and such a fun experience. And then I came home for three weeks back to Minnesota for a little Christmas break. I met my now husband during those three weeks and then ended up actually long distance dating him while I went down to the zoo and did a five-month internship as a zookeeper. And then it kind of turns again. (laughs) So we decided that we are going to continue dating after this experience. And I felt like zookeeping was my purpose at that point. I felt like it was actually this profound um, profoundly connecting experience to gain the trust of a wild animal. I got to work with our mid-sized mammals. So a lot of them, you could go into their enclosure safely with them and develop these close relationships. So that was my like purpose. I was all in and, um, my husband had his career already started. So he was not willing to move down to Texas, down South. He needed to stay in Minnesota. So then I was like, okay, we'll make a pivot and decided to come back up here And I am not a fan of snow or cold. I did not want to be a Minnesota zookeeper (laughs) because you start out on the Minnesota trail and you start out with shoveling poop in the snow, basically, for the majority of your day. So I said, I'm not going to do that. And I switched to veterinary medicine or actually veterinary technology. So then I got my degree in veterinary technology. I absolutely loved that. Um, It was very fulfilling. And that's kind of where the start of my professional career was. I was a veterinary technician for many, many years. Uh, we got married to my husband. We ended up having a son. And then there was this big transition in my career again. Yeah. So then I actually, my son was very colicky. My husband was working nights, 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. He is also a police officer. Um, he was on patrol during that time. And actually three months after my son was born, he got his canine His dog. So we went, he went through a big transition into being a canine handler as we were going into this transition into parenthood. So I ended up taking six months off being a stay at home mom. And then I was just having a very difficult time postpartum. I was not feeling good. I was, it was really probably low point in my life. Mm -hmm. And then I found a life coach and through life coaching, I was able to transform my experience of my daily life into one that really fit, really served me, felt peaceful, felt purposeful without changing the circumstances that I'm kind of stuck for long periods of time alone with my colicky child. And that is kind of, that's actually where I am right now is I with our kind of crazy schedules, I end up being part-time, the solo parent with my son, very part-time. I'm still a veterinary technician, which I absolutely love working with the animals. And then a little bit more of my time is spent life coaching moms, which is also kind of my, that's my mission going forward.
0: Wow. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I have so many questions. And what I love about your entire trajectory, as you were describing it, because obviously I know a lot of this already just from getting to know you. But I had this vision of you literally going full steam ahead, and then all of a sudden it stops. It, it's amazing, and and I do want to kind of go back for a second because Absolutely. you mentioned sociology and banking, and I I love that. Just thinking in terms of where you were then to where you are now. You had to experience that. And, and, you you know, you did experience some, some moments of clarity in a sense that you're like, I don't like this. This is not where I'm meant to go. And But you kept going. And that's a huge lesson that, you know, I have a very diverse group of listeners co- from college students to moms to everything, you know, professionals, people in different industries. So I I just, I appreciate that part of that. And then now where you are, I didn't realize that you're also still part-time as a vet tech. That's I mean, that's a lot of hats to wear. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And I think without the life coaching mindset, um, I would not be in an organized enough place to do all of it. Mm-hmm. But I think that's like really a message I want to get out there is you don't have to have just one job. And I think we're learning, especially after COVID, you can piece things together that look very unique you don't just have to have a nine to five. There's so many options. And a lot of times we get so stuck in finding like the one perfect career and not even exploring that, like we can piece together different things that feel really good and are actually the best version of our career path
0: that we could have. Absolutely. And I love that because I've said this to you before, and I, I definitely have said this on other episodes. I am technically a life coach, but I do not practice as a life coach, if that makes sense. You know, obviously that's where my certification is, but the career end is where I, I focus my, my energy. And I think that's part of the reason why I love bringing on other life coaches in different capacities, because your area is so important for, you know, different populations, especially moms. And One of the areas that really resonated to me is obviously being a law enforcement wife, because I think many of us, we have to wear so many different hats. And when you kind of bring all that together, I'm sure many can appreciate this. You feel like you're only giving 10% to everything. And one of the things that I love about your message, Ashley, is honestly, you have shown that you can give you're all to everything, and and without feeling depleted on each end. And I think it's really a lot of about mindset, about intention, about purpose. And and so I just I don't mean to go off on a tangent, but I love that. And you know, just hearing everything that you're still doing, it, it's it's so important for people to hear.
1: Thank you, thank you. Yeah, and I think what we have to let go of so much of our mental energy and time is spent ruminating on things that cause us to they're draining of our energy and they're causing us to be tired and they're not giving us momentum. Um, It's the negative self-talk, the repetitive talk, um, the resentment, the overwhelm, the self-judgment, feeling disconnected. And it makes sense that we're in here. Um, It makes sense that we fall into these traps, but I think the only way to be able to kind of do all of the things, you know, not doing all of the things, because that's impossible, but doing so many of these things, is dropping that because you drop that mental time and energy that are spent ruminating on the problem. Your brain loves to just ruminate on the problem over and over and over without switching into the solution mode. Mm -hmm. I need that. (laughs) Yeah. And I still do to this day, my brain will like go into a pattern and 20 minutes later, I'm like, wow, I just spent the last 20 minutes ruminating and repeating that
0: thought without realizing I was even there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and obviously we're going to talk about that, but I still want to kind of hover over the big picture of what you shared already with our listeners, because when, when you think about where you were, say, at 18 years old to where you are at, at the height of your career as a mom, as a law enforcement wife, um, as a coach, as well as a vet tech, you, know, you have so many different and, and a friend and a community member and everything else. But when I think of the journey that you've already taken at this point in your life, how would you say your 18-year-old self would react to being told that this is where you would be right now?
1: I think my 18-year-old self I mean, my 18-year-old self was not in the best place. I was an emotional disaster, really high highs, really low lows. I've always been an adventure seeker, a risk taker. I was a super competitive level 10 gymnast. Mm -hmm. I don't even think my 18-year-old self was looking one year in advance And I think right now I'd be really proud of myself for where I'm at. And I'd say like, it makes sense that I went through all of those experiences, especially as a life coach, you can learn the tools, the techniques, get certified. But if you don't have that depth of experience Mm -hmm. and that compassion, and if you haven't been through some really hard challenges, you're not going to be able to understand where your clients are coming from. And you're not going to help them in such a profound way as if you've been through those things and you truly understand what's going on for them.
0: Exactly. And I think for you, you had to go through all of that to be able to make the decision to become a life coach. And and that's something that I've found with many of the women that I've been interacting with and learning from. You know, there are so many different types of coaches out there. And obviously I talk about this in my previous episodes and I probably will in the future. I've always been a huge advocate for behavioral therapy. You know, I know for me, I've been going to therapy since I was 15 years old after losing my mother. And, you know, it's not something for me that is a quick fix. Um, You know, any state that I've ever moved to, I've treated finding a therapist the same as I would a doctor or a dentist or an eye doctor. And it's just a part of my life that keeps me able to cope with the many things that I deal with. And with life coaching, I think, again, you you have to treat it as such that, you know, everyone has different needs. Everyone has a different style. You know, I know you work with busy moms. You've worked with a lot of law enforcement wives. And that's where I think finding that niche of people that you can truly resonate with and connect with. Is is that right? And just making that observation. I love that. Yeah, I think that totally
1: resonates. Um, And it is individualized. What do you need for your own soul, for your own body, for your own mental state? What support group do you need? You know, do you want a life coach and a chiropractor and a therapist and a doctor? And you get to piece that together and you get to experiment and there's no right or wrong. And I think that's where we tend to get stuck as we're thinking there's a right thing for me. There's a wrong thing for me. And there doesn't have to be that. For actually anything, <laughs> exactly. we don't know the answers, and there is no right and wrong. And you get to play life however you want and be playful and experiment. And we lose that as adults. We're great at that as children, and we just lose that ability um, as adults. That strength,
0: absolutely. And one of the things I just wanted to touch on before we go into kind of the meat of what I wanted to to explore with you. I feel that your success as a coach with your population has so much to do with your life experiences. And I think just as a mom, you've you know gone through your own struggles. And as a wife, you've gone through your own struggles. And I think that's really what makes you so authentic and able to connect with your clients and your, your population, because that, that is so important. I'm sure you've seen this, and I see this too. Our industry is saturated saturated with so many people. I get inbox messages all the time. And, you know, again, it's it's very personal and that's something that people don't realize. It's very different than going through therapy. Um, there's a very different demographic and I think there's a very different goal. And, and that's something that I, I really, I admire that about you and and something you mentioned before about being playful. And I, and I have to call you on this because I love this about you. Um, I fell in love with your Instagram account your Instagram reels are so much fun. And I have laughed at so many of them because I can relate to them. And can you share with our audience a little bit more about your personality and and what you said to me the last time that we spoke? Because this is something (laughs) that is so important when it comes to the world of Instagram and reels and TikTok and everything else.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, thank you so much. That's so kind. And yeah, I think my personality got a little bit stifled as a child, just through how I was raised. It was extremely religious, very perfectionistic. Like I said, I was a competitive athlete gymnast. It was all about perfection and looking perfect and performing, having that perfect performance. Mm -hmm. And really the playfulness kind of got taken out of me. I had a lot of struggles as a teen and as a young adult And when I got into life coaching, it let me see that that was unnecessary for me. It wasn't authentic for me to be that way. And I really reconnected with that playful aspect, but Mm -hmm. it actually took work. It was ridiculous. It still does to this day. I get in a funk and I go back into, um, I actually call her Monica is what I call my brain from friends when she goes (laughs) into like that crazy psycho mode of, I need to clean the house. It has to be perfect. There cannot be a single paper out of place. Like I get into that mode, but where I feel most authentic is when I can tap into that playfulness, curiosity, be fun. I like to um,
0: educate and
1: entertain at the same time, but yes.
0: Oh my gosh. I know. I think that that's so important. And I love that you said you're Monica because. <laughs> it's just so funny. And, and, that, and that's the thing, because I remember you saying to me the last time that we spoke that, because I commented on how much fun your Instagram reels were. And you said, well, I'm not always like that. That's mm-hmm. that's when I tap into my playfulness. And, you know, I think many of us can learn from that because mm-hmm. I, I do. I tend to be more on the professional end when it comes to work and I'm not there yet. I'm all, I'm I'm almost there but you know I even my interns are always like you need to do more reels you need to do more a day in the life and just not you know and it could be my generation I'm older than you so I think you know we we all come to our own comfort level at different times but you're you're connecting with your audience and, and I think that that's really important so
1: oh, thank you yeah and I think it is like reels really work for me yeah. but certain other aspects don't and any job that you're doing, like certain parts of it are going to feel easier and you can tap into that and kind of focus on your strengths. And then it's okay to have weaknesses or skills that you haven't developed yet. It's okay to not judge yourself for that and not compare yourself, especially on social media, to other people. You have no idea what's actually going on on in their life. And I work so much with clients on this mm-hmm. where they'll say they're a busy mom, their kids in a couple of activities. They're looking at the other soccer moms out there and saying, Oh my gosh, she's so put together. Like, look at the way she dresses. Look at the way she does whatever I bet her house is absolutely spotless. And I bet her kids are happy and they're never whining. And what's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And it's so ridiculous that we look at someone, even people having a very similar lifestyle to us and think their experiences better that doesn't make any sense. If exactly. they are living this life, they're probably experiencing that same overwhelm and anxiety and stress as you are. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're not, but more likely than not, when we are comparing ourselves, we're like weaponizing it against ourselves instead of letting it be like a connection with motherhood is hard. Life is hard sometimes. Being a human, having a brain, it's
0: all very challenging at times. <laughs> Absolutely. And you've talked about that, which you mentioned the COVID fog or the COVID brain. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I think many of us have that right now and wow. it just, it's really frustrating. You mentioned a couple of times and I, I think we're kind of getting into it now. Talk to us about the comparison trap. I know you touched on it just now, but as a coach, you know, I know this was something that I felt we could really, Provide some tools or strategies to our listeners. And, you know, again, I want to preface by saying I have college students. I have busy moms. I have law enforcement officers and wives that listen to this podcast. I have friends from high school, friends from my community. I mean, you name it, that population is in this, you know, in this listening audience. So. Tell us a little bit, because I I know you've given me a list because there's so much that I want to unpack with you so much. And I obviously would love to bring you back for another episode, but you mentioned that a couple of times, the comparison trap. Yeah.
1: It's a very easy one to get stuck into. And I know you had mentioned like kind of college students and then professionals and then Leo wives. So I was going to maybe talk about those kind of as three separate stages or whatnot. Love it. With college students. It's so easy to compare yourself, but you guys are living in a very unique time of your life. So I think keeping that perspective of it won't always be like this forever may be very helpful. And then can you find examples of anyone else who's doing things differently? Whatever you're saying is like the way you should be doing it, whatever you're using against yourself, can you find the opposite to be true? You can always look for evidence that supports what you need to find support for. So use that for yourself. And then just in general, at least I'm going to say from my place of being in the quarter life crisis, the post-college or in college place, stop telling yourself that you don't know what to do with your life because that's going to get stuck in your subconscious and it's going to get your brain stuck into this is the problem. This is the problem. This is a problem. I'm confused and I'm overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Instead, I want you to get curious about what are the possibilities because then you're going to be open to finding some solutions. And also when you're listening to like your favorite music, you're not just rushing to get to the end of that song. You're enjoying the whole process along the way. And maybe there's that certain favorite part of your song that you just absolutely like the beat drops. And you're like, yes, I'm here. This is so fun, but mm-hmm. you don't hate the rest of the song just because it's not as exciting as that. Yeah. And that's kind of the same way that this, teens, twenties, thirties, this whole career path thing can be, it can be like a song, like you're, where you're not fighting and resisting and just trying to race to the end where you have, you know, the salary you want and the house and the job and, you know, the kids and the dog and all of that. So Mm -hmm. that was kind of like my advice to the college
0: age. Yeah. Well, one thing I just want to mention before you go on to the next phase. And I love that because I've shared this with so many of my students over the, last decades. It's almost like you're on a train ride down to Florida, right? You hop on the train in New York City and you're on your way down to Florida, but you're so fixated on the destination that you're not taking the time to look out the window and appreciate the view. And, you know, it is, it's much of our life's trajectory is going to be dictated by our journey, not necessarily by the final destination. And I've been saying this so many times now that You know, today is not your final destination. And all of us have different foundations and different experiences, which is really where this entire podcast comes from. So I love that. And I love the way that you described that. So that's such an
1: important message to get out there. Absolutely. Then, as far as like career professionals, so when people are saying, I don't know what to do next, because I think that's natural, right? The human brain wants growth, it wants development. It's very hard for us to be content stillness and being content is very hard for our brains it always wants to be doing the next exciting thing and chasing the next thing so if we end up in that place where now we're not content and we want to figure out what's next i this is not a popular opinion but i really try to get people and my clients to first become happy with whatever that experience is they're having whether it's their marriage and they want to leave great, but let's first get happy with the marriage before we decide to leave. Let's get happy with the job before we decide to move on because otherwise your brain is going to repeat the same patterns that got you into this exact place. Mm -hmm. Because if we don't know how to be satisfied, how to be content, how to be at peace and at ease, we're not going to be able to create that just because we changed our circumstance. We'll be able to temporarily go there because we'll think new thoughts about the new job. Mm -hmm. And then
0: eventually we'll slide back into old patterns and end up exactly where we are. I love that. And it's so important because I think there's always that fight or flight, you know, Mm -hmm. just to get away from where you are rather than sitting with it. Mm
1: -hmm. And just,
0: you know, and, and I obviously focus on this end from a career standpoint, really being able to sit with where you are. And that's mm-hmm. important. So I, I think that's such an important message to to share with our with our listeners.
1: Yeah, and hard to do, but it's a skill again that can be developed of processing emotions and being able to just be in your body. And we don't have to stay there all the time. We're not Buddhist monks. Like we don't have to go for that kind of perfection. But to be able to ride the waves, the emotional waves with resiliency just feels so much better.
0: Absolutely riding the waves. What do you feel or how have you experienced COVID has changed all this? Because obviously I'm experiencing, at least with my clients, you know, whether it's that their career situation changed because of COVID or they've changed because of COVID. And so how are you finding your clients are navigating that world?
1: Yeah, well, I think, I mean, everyone's experiencing different things. And we have those people that are like, I lost 10 pounds and I work from home and this is my dream life. And it's probably not the majority. It's probably the (laughs) minority, Um, but it is possible. I do think overall, this level of change is very hard. And I think there's a lot of traumatic experiencing that is happening. And during times of trauma, I know, especially my husband was, has been in, I think, two sets, two different sets of riots since the pandemic started. And that is a time where it's okay not to be okay. If you're in a trauma reaction, that makes absolute sense and go get the support you need. I actually, after the first set of riots, went and did some somatic experiencing trauma therapy, which I love because it's a body-based therapy, Mm -hmm. but go find some extra support and know that it's okay not to be Fully okay. And we don't need to have that expectation of, I will 100% be okay. Just like if you're going through extreme grief, if you lose a loved one, you need to go through that grieving process at some point. You can bottle it up for 30 years and then have it manifest as something at that point. But it's better to just let it be the process that it needs to during. So there are some mindset things that really, really help us as we're transitioning. But I do want to just get out there that. It's okay to be in this place of trying to deal with trauma and maybe even like habits like overeating, over drinking, scrolling on social media. Some of that stuff is still helpful. Like we shame it so much, but you may need that
0: right now. And that is okay. And we can drop the judgment. I just got the chills from something that you said. And I I really want to touch on that for a minute because I know, like again, there's probably 50 conversations you and I could be having right now because I feel like a little kid in a candy store, literally just like, oh, what about this? What about this? But before we even delve into the law enforcement component, because you know that's something I do want to touch on for today's episode, and I know it's little pieces, but I feel like everyone can take a little something from this episode for today, that it's okay not to be okay. And I think going back to the foundation of the comparison trap, because I think that's what the foundation of this episode is. I know I've been there in in this, you know, over two years now. Right. Mm -hmm. There have been times that I have struggled so much with everything, with the emotion behind what we've been through. I struggle a lot given the fact that I've lost both my parents before I had turned 35, you know, I mean, I lost my mom young, I have an only child, which I know you can relate to. And there were times where I literally was just holding my head above water. Like, you know, you know, survival modes. And I went through the same thing, not similarly, given that you're in Minnesota, but with my husband being in law enforcement, dealing with the riots of that summer, we were in hell. Mm-hmm. And I almost forget about that sometimes where, you know, maybe that was in August and all of a sudden it's October and I'm still holding my breath. And, you know, you see other people in your life, you know, other moms, other friends, other neighbors, other community members, and you see how well they're doing. And you're like, well, they have their shit together. Pardon my friends, but what's wrong with me? And that I think is so important, Ashley, where, you know, it's that comparison trap of like, they're handling it. Why can't I handle it? And something you said before is so important to say, it's okay not to handle it. Sometimes you just can't. So let's go there for a second.
1: What do you think? Because we are all humans and we are meant to, for some reason, experience wonderful things and experience the hard things. And honestly, when I talk to my clients about it, my version and belief out there is it's about 50, 50. Everyone thinks we want to be happy 80 or 90% of the time Mm -hmm. be doing well, and then be struggling and unhappy about the other like 10 to 20% of the time. And it's not realistic. And I'm not talking about extremes, super happy and super depressed. Those don't have to be your 50, 50, but if you take into account your physical discomfort, boredom, a little hint of anxiety, and then also like the mild, like Gratitude or just being feeling calm. If we take that whole spectrum, it's normal to experience 50% on one side and 50% on the other. And humans just have a different spectrum that they swing on. Some swing much more intensely, and some are kind of more towards the middle. But we're all just humans in an ocean on these waves. And Mm -hmm. say there's, you know, you're in a wave pool, there's 200 of you like slammed together (laughs) in this wave pool. Some of you are going to be up and down at different times, and we're all bobbing around to just kind of visualize that, okay, here's the time where I'm at the bottom. I'll come back up at some time and then get the support that you need to make it the best it can be at that time. Just get extra
0: support. We always wait too long to get the support. Absolutely. And I'm envisioning that busy mom that is suddenly stuck on that scrolling through of Instagram, right? You scroll Mm -hmm. and you're already feeling down. You'd already maybe ate the wrong thing in the morning, didn't get your workout in because your son is homesick and you see that person that seems to have it all together. Mm -hmm. How do you help that person get out of that negative thought process?
1: Yeah, so you're being the mean girl in your own head and you need to think about yourself like you would your best friend. The things that you're saying in your brain to yourself are very, very mean and cruel and you would never say that to your best friend or your sister, or whoever. Exactly. So I like to be like, this is a complete, unnecessary, cruel thing to say to myself. And I yes. think that helps you when you view it as another person, and it helps you get out of that, that trap.
0: Yeah, I love it. And and again, I, I think sometimes when I'm envisioning our episodes and talking, I really want to connect with the person that's listening that really needs to hear this,
1: mm-hmm. so
0: that it, at most, they don't feel alone. And you yeah. realize, you know what, I it's normal to feel that way right now. We've just gone through so much all these years, whether you are in your 20s, 30s, 40s, you know, you name it. It's just this, and it's different for everyone. And that's so important to, to recognize that as you are comparing yourself to X, Y, and Z person- They're not the same person as you. They don't have the same support. They don't have the same foundation. They don't have the same traumas. They don't have the same mindset. And Mm -hmm. so I think that we all have to come back to who we are as individuals, what our purpose is and I love that you said ride the wave because I've often said that too, you know, especially with emotions, right? Um, You know, you're younger than me. I promise you, when you (laughs) you get to be my age, you're going to be able to experience the waves that you're going to go through even more than you are now, but that's, I'll, you come back in 10 years and we'll talk about that. Um, So I did want to kind of transition a little bit to the law enforcement component, because that is a connection that we have. And it's, it's important to me to, you know, share some voice out there to our listening population, whether it is a law enforcement officer or a wife, tell us a little bit about your perspective on that. And I know you'd mentioned the comparison trap and being a law enforcement wife. Yeah, I think we have the law enforcement lifestyle comes with its own challenges,
1: specifically a lot. Like the, the funny thing is I, I, went into coaching thinking that these, um, other law enforcement wives and families would need support with the anxiety of something bad is going to happen to my officer. Right. Like that's what I thought would be our underlying issue. And that is like, we all have a little bit of trauma around that, but that's actually not what comes up the most for people. It's actually more of like the day-to-day stuff. Um, and then it is a lot of, I just don't know how to manage all of these things. Yeah. Yeah. As a law enforcement wife, like you tend to go through the phases of this is fun. And then this is so overwhelming. I can't do this. And then we actually tend to like the ones who are able to stay in this lifestyle. We naturally become a little bit of a life coach and do some mindset work. It just kind of has to happen. It's like a sink or swim Mm -hmm. situation.
0: I wanted to hear your perspective because I didn't want to feel alone. And, And I have to say, and you know, for anyone that cannot relate to this for this part of our conversation, I'm going to ask each of them to take a step back and put themselves in our shoes for a moment, because that's, you know, and and I plan to have other episodes on this, and I would like to bring you back for this. What is it like as a law enforcement wife with a son? Because that's the thing. A lot of people don't realize what we go through. And, you know, something that you had mentioned earlier with, you know, your husband's career trajectory. When I met my husband, we both worked in corporate, you know, I mean, I was a corporate trainer, he was a business unit director, we worked for the same company. And yeah. I went through a career, we both went through career changes. So, you know, years ago, I decided to go back and get my master's in counseling to become a career counselor. And then a year later, he made the decision to leave corporate and go into the state police Oh my goodness, it was a huge transition, huge pay cut. But, you know, in my heart, I knew that my husband was wilting in corporate. He was meant to go down this road. So we've been through we've been married 20 years Mm -hmm. and he has been in the state police 17. So you can only imagine that journey that we've taken. And I think part of his role, you know, I mean, he's really gone through the ranks and I have been able to really enjoy an incredible group of women in this community, but not as much as I'd like to. So hearing from you is amazing just to hear like, oh, it's normal to struggle with the day-to-day stuff because Mm -hmm. there are days when I'm drowning. But what is it as a law enforcement wife, the fears? Because it isn't the fear of what happens to them. It's more that you don't have them. We don't have them. Yeah. And I think it does
1: give us this unique perspective on being grateful for what you have in the moment. So that part is a blessing and is wonderful. And we're all very good. We tend to be very good about that. But what we don't tend to be doesn't work for us that we tend to do is we compare not only ourselves to all the other Leo uh, law enforcement wives out there saying they're Probably better at their schedule and they can whatever. But also, we compare ourselves to the non police world around us. And actually, I looked up the numbers and it's getting very small. The number of actual police, law enforcement officers is much less than it used to be. It's much less than firefighters, which very shocked me very much. But we tend to also compare ourselves and do this us versus the world division. They can't understand us, they don't know what it's like. And then we also have from the media, a lot of loud voices that are the hate voices coming towards us as well and it is it's just really challenging to stay in that empathetic loving connected place with all of humanity when we are hearing about the officers getting ambushed and our nervous systems are getting triggered and then we're going into this fear place and it's it's difficult to navigate and i think it's just a really unique time to be a law enforcement family and there are a lot of challenges, and it's okay for that to be challenging. Another pattern in the law enforcement community, the officers are very, very close to each other. They are mm-hmm. tend to be very good friends, very supportive. They are super close. Yeah. Wives of the departments do not tend to be involved hardly at all. Some of them are very good friends, but it actually nationwide tends to be wives that are disconnected with the other wives in their Department. And I don't know if that is because the schedules or because not everyone's living in similar cities or yes. what the deal is. There's a lot of factors, but that is common. We think, why aren't I not friends with all the other wives? Why don't we hang out? Part of the situation is, you know, divorce and um, separations and that thing too. But police wives do tend to be very receptive and connected more nationally and globally mm-hmm. like we're very supportive of each other but we don't tend to have that structure of support within our officers department which is also a, a strange
0: the comparison piece that is probably the biggest thing that i i think it's so helpful to have someone with your expertise and your experience to be able to kind of bring it together to mm-hmm. to help others understand that number 1 what you're going through is normal mm-hmm. all of this absolutely And then two, how to get out of that, you know, how to pull yourself out of that. And it does sound like, you know, having the right support, making sure that you are filled with that self-awareness of, okay, you know what, this, I'm going down this road right now. I need to pull myself out. What other advice, you know, and I know we kind of brought our way through the entire gamut of, you know, from college students to 20 somethings, to moms, to law enforcement wives, do you have a general piece of advice that you would give to, You know, anyone that kind of struggles with that comparison of everyone else in this world of social media and everything else.
1: I would say challenge everything. Try to find the opposite thought. If a thought doesn't feel good, if something you are like, I'm not feeling good, you're just scrolling social media and now you're frustrated. Whatever feeling comes up. Okay. What was I thinking the moment before I felt that? Because your feelings are the little alarm systems, they can get you to your thoughts and then challenge that thought, am I a bad mom? Do good moms not yell at their kids? I'm sorry, but I don't know a good mom that doesn't yell at your kids to be like, I shouldn't yell at your kid is ridiculous. Everybody, good moms yell at their kids, right? Like, I'm like, just challenge that belief. (laughs) But we we have these like black and white ways of thinking and these beliefs that we just accept from society or accept from whatever we made up ourselves Mm -hmm. that are doing the opposite of what we want and they're harming us and they're not creating the result that we want. So just, if you can get in the habit, if you don't feel good about something, challenge that belief. Okay, I think I need to look like this perfect posh put together mom why, why am I even thinking that? Is that thought, am I a better human when I have that thought? Does it give me energy? Am I going towards the goals that I want with that thought? Or is it pulling me away, draining my energy, distracting me? So I think really just from a place of curiosity, mm-hmm. exploring the feelings that are coming up when you start to compare, when you're just noticing, having the awareness, noticing when you're comparing, figuring out what feelings are happening and what thought
0: is causing that feeling and then okay. challenging that. Okay. So so basically dropping the F-bomb to my child doesn't make me a bad mom then, right? Absolutely <laughs> not. No,
1: <laughs> I'm not saying we should run around doing it all day, but there is no. no reason to judge yourself for that. And honestly, like what if yelling at your kids once in a while is the best thing for them? I coach on this all the time. What is it the best thing for them? If the only thing I was worried about when my officer was on duty with someone yelling, I hate you, I let my kids say, I hate you to my face. Mm -hmm. Because if that is the worst that happened to my officer, fantastic. If I never had to worry about a human that was angry doing anything besides yelling, we would be fine. If there was no violence, if there was nothing. And it's sometimes good for kids to see like that can happen. And then we can repair the relationship. We can apologize. We can show them authentic, emotions and repair. And what if that is actually one of the better parts of your parenting is when you think you're being the worst version of yourself, but for whatever reason, that's a time of growth and development. And that's the best thing for your child at that stage or at that moment.
0: Oh, I love it. My son actually told me the other night that I have anger issues.
1: (laughs) Well, I think we all like most of us feel that we do when we're just having normal human emotions. Yeah, and either they get too intense because of whatever, or we just don't understand that we're all doing those same things. Yeah. And then we're obviously not showing up on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook in our worst, like freaking out and throwing something at the wall, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. I should. <laughs> but do we that. think I, no one I... else does that. Yeah. Maybe that is going to be my thing, Ashley. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, This is an adult tantrum. We all do it. Yes. We do rip books in half sometimes because our child won't go to bed. I'm not going to lie. I've done it. I really hope that you will come back and talk to us more. There's a lot. I still want to unpack with you. Um, I would love to. Oh my gosh. But for the time being, how can our listeners connect with you?
1: Yeah. So I would love to share my free mini masterclass that I believe, um, you'll put up on the podcast links. So that is a 10 minute video. It's on the top five mom traps and how to escape them. And I give you these instant mindset shifts. When you go into those traps of resentment, comparison, overwhelm, disconnection, and self-judgment to in that moment, take you out of that. Um, so you can definitely go check that out. That'll be on my website. So you can go look around at my website as well. I have two coaching programs. One is a four month program, um, aimed towards moms. It's called mom life reignited. And one is a six month program where we do weight loss without dieting and without deprivation. And my website is ashleydunwald.com. Dunwald.com at spelled A S H L E Y Dunwald has two N's. So it's D U N N W A L D. My Instagram and TikTok are both at Ashley Dunwald coach. Um, I love to do reels. Like you said, oh I do like to dance. I sometimes do flips because I'm still a gymnast who can pull off a handstand and a flip occasionally, even though I get sore and pull muscles doing it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then my email is Ashley at Ashley And I would love for you guys to check out anything. Ask me questions, DM me. I'm game for it. I would love to
0: connect. Excellent. I love it. And it will all be in our show notes, obviously. And I can attest to some of your real, like the one real that I, I absolutely loved and it truly changed my mindset in resenting my family for not putting things away was that laundry <laughs> one, when, you know, you just the way that you talk to yourself and the, the thought process. So yeah. So check out Ashley on behalf of Unpacking Perspectives and all of our listeners, Ashley, I am so thankful that you joined us and I can't wait to have you back. So again, thank you for joining oh, us.
1: I'm so grateful, Nicole. I, your podcast is amazing and you're going to make such an impact. So thank Thank you so much for having me today.
0: Thank you so much for listening to our episode today. I would be so grateful if you would share this episode with anyone that you think might enjoy listening. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast. If you want to leave a review, even better. You can follow us at Unpacking Perspectives on Instagram or Facebook. You can also follow us at NMD Careers on Instagram and Facebook, and feel free to email me at unpackingperspectivespodcast at gmail.com. Remember, if you spend too much time thinking about the final destination, you might miss experiencing the journey. Until next time.